It's Wednesday, January 11th. We're in Matthew chapter 11. This is Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And we're going to get uh, right into the scriptures uh, right yeah, away, this Matthew is actually, 11. I love this chapter. Yeah. There's some really cool things that happen in this chapter, but it's it it's easy to read through this and not really understand what's going on. Yeah. So let's hit some of yeah. this stuff. All right, so Matthew 11, verse 1, when Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, of course, that's what we talked about yesterday up up in, uh, in uh, chapter 10. When he'd finished those instructions and great stuff there, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. And John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard all these things that the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Yeah, it's kind of a curious question, isn't that? Because John the Baptist, when he was a baby, he leapt in his yeah. mother's stomach when he got around Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he also baptized Jesus and heard God say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So John has seen these things, and now he's asking this weird question. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, but you can get it from his position, you right? Do, I mean, he's in prison now. That's not what he... That's not what he imagined no. the way things would turn out. Well, it's out. almost like, you know, for some of us, especially if we're living up north, it's January. We've been stuck inside for a couple months now. It's yeah. super cold outside. We don't want to get outside. Kind of mess with your head. This is John. He's sitting in, <laughs> it's a lot worse. He's sitting in prison. He's used to being out in the open air, doing his teaching. He's been preparing the way for the Messiah. And now he's sitting in prison. He Which is a to- hole in the ground right. underneath the palace yes. structure. A lot worse than us just sitting inside in January. Yeah. So he's done all of this ministry, and now he doesn't even get to see what he's been preparing for. So John is looking at his ministry going, is this it? Is this really, is this, I, this is not what I expected. And and a lot of us can feel that. Yeah. You know, we get into something, we start serving, or maybe you get into marriage, or you get into parenting. You're like, this is not what I expected. This is where John the Baptist is at. This is not what he expected. And so he says, "Is this Jesus, is this really... Are you really the Christ, or should we be expecting somebody? You can see some of the depression. And you can't blame him for wanting that confirmation, and Jesus doesn't shy away from giving it to him either. No. So verse uh, 4, Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Yeah. It's an interesting verse. Some translations read, God blesses those who are not offended by me. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, when Jesus came, a lot of people had expectations for what Jesus would be. Some thought he'd be like, you know, bold like Elijah or a leader like Moses or a conqueror like King David. But when Jesus came, he wasn't what anybody expected him to be. He broke he broke the mold. He hung out with people that People didn't think he'd hang out with. He said things people didn't think he'd say, and he did things that people didn't think he would do. And a lot of people were offended because of that. Yeah. And so what Jesus says to John is he says, blessed are those who are not offended by me. Blessed are you when things turn out and it's not what you expected, but, but you soldier on and you continue on in your faith. You're willing faithful. to let me be who I am, not who you want to conjure up in your own imagination who you want me to be. That's right. And you're not offended by the things that I do. Yeah. And he recognized, of course, John wasn't able to see some of those things. So he said, you go back and you tell John what you have seen. Yeah. And that was confirmation that he was who he said he was. All right, verse 7. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go out into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath or wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? 
No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, a prophet meaning a teller of the truth no matter who was around. Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way before you. Man, tons of good stuff here, but I love the fact that Jesus was saying, why did you all flock out to hear John the Baptist? Because you're looking for somebody who just was a chameleon that would become whoever he was around? No, you went out to hear John the Baptist because he was a truth teller. He told the truth and he stood up for what was right, no matter who was around. You look at the world today, a lot of people are just kind of swayed by the wind, swayed by popular opinion, by culture, wearing expensive clothes. Jesus says, that's what this world is filled with, but people are drawn to a teller of the truth. Yeah. And then uh, verse 11, you want to take over here? Yeah, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. What a compliment that is. Yeah. Even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. So he did. He wasn't bothered at all by John asking for confirmation. No. He gave him the confirmation and then he lifted him up to others. Yeah. Verse 12, and from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one the prophets said would come. Anyone with ears to hear would listen and understand. To what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends, we played wedding songs and you didn't dance and we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. You know, the, what does that mean? essentially, Jesus is, is comparing this generation saying that no matter what he does, people are going to oppose it, hmm. and which is very true of a lot of people that you, you recognize, hey, listen, I'm not going to satisfy them no matter what. They're going to oppose me no matter what I do or what I say. And that's what Jesus is saying is that those who are in opposition to his message, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent. He's saying they are just going to be against no matter what it is that I yeah. say. Yeah. That's, I love that line. It was more of a threat to their power, and yeah. that's what he was talking about. Yeah. yeah, he was gonna tick them off no matter what. Verse 18, for John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he, he's possessed by a demon. The son of man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard <laughs> and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Yeah. I love that. But the proof is in the pudding yeah. is really what he's saying there. Yep. Verse 20, then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they didn't repent of their sins and turn to God. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their head to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on judgment day than you. And it it seems to me that it, it shows that in the state of condemnation, that some will be worse off than others. I mean, it's quite clear what Jesus is saying here. That, And it's all based on what our opportunities to repent are, that uh, what opportunities has God given you? And those who have had less opportunity, the condemnation will not be as severe yeah. as for those who had opportunity. And re- and so it's a scary it. thing when you know you need to repent and you don't. Yeah, That's a very dangerous thing. Jesus continues in verse 23 and says, And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. This is where he lives. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in the wicked Sodom, and it would be here today. And I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. 
Yes, Father, it pleased you to do this this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except for the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And I was just a brand new Christian when I read this for the first time. And I remember, and I was in a tough state myself. I was, I you know, family-wise, my family had broken up. I was put out of my home and uh, going through a very difficult time. I remember reading this and how it drew me to Jesus. He wasn't saying, I'm going to make it easy on you. What he was saying is, I will walk with you through this. I will help you carry this load and help you on this journey and that's the promise that he gives to all of us. He's not saying, I'm going to give you an easy life. He's saying, I will walk with you and ease it up for you because I will help take that burden. Yeah. Well, with every chapter, we pair it with a proverb. And today, we're not going to read through it all. But today is Proverbs chapter 11. I really encourage you to read through Proverbs chapter 11. But I just want to point out verse 4 in Proverbs 11. It really does go with what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 11. Proverbs 11, 4 says this, riches won't help you on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. Mm. Right living can save you from death. Judgment is coming for all of us. And that can be a scary thing unless we live a life of repentance, repenting when we know we need to repent and living holy lives. So let's do that today. If there's anything that you've been holding on to, kind of stiff neck about, let's repent. Let's move on. Yeah. And what a great, great reading in both of these chapters. Thanks for joining us again. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. 